Welcome, folks, to the Once Blue, Always Blue Geneva FFA Podcast. My name is Michael Van, your host. Here we are going to explore into the world of agriculture. Today is going to be a good day. Yes, it is, my friends, because our guest today with us is our local veterinarian, Dr. Walters. Dr. Walters is the owner of Twin Rivers Veterinary Clinic right here in Geneva, Alabama. She is also a graduate of Geneva High School. Dr. Walters, thank you so much for being with us here today. Yes, thank you for having me. Dr. Walters, what made you to decide to become a veterinarian? So, I started off as a kid, always wanting to play outside with the animals. And I think my parents just kind of put it in my head, hey, you need to be a veterinarian when you grow up. And I did, you know, stick with it through high school. That's what I chose to do. And so I took a lot of science classes, math classes, chemistries. And then into college, I stuck with it, and now I'm the veterinarian. Awesome. Cool. How many years does it take, Dr. Walters, to become a vet? So it could vary. So you don't have a certain number of years before you get in vet school. You just have to complete the prereq classes like maths, um, sciences, chemistries, physics. I think you have to go up to calculus two, um, at least you did when I was in school. And you had to go up to chemistry three, organic chemistry one and two, and physics one and two. And you had some biologies um, and some animal classes you had to take. But you could complete those within two to three years if you worked really hard. Um, But I did get a bachelor's degree before I applied to vet school. And vet school itself is actually four years. Four years. So most people it takes, you know, a good eight years to become a veterinarian, four years before vet school. And then the app, you know, right. the application okay. you get in, and then four years of vet school. I always heard it took about the same amount of time to become a doctor. It so. does, yes. And there are even, you know, postgraduate classes that you could take and specialize. You know, yes, so ma'am. you could go to school for twelve years and specialize in orthopedic surgery. Oh, just like you know, human medicine has a lot of specialties. So does veterinary yes, medicine. Okay, cool. Doctor Walters, is it correct that you attended Auburn University? to study veterinary medicine? I did attend Auburn for veterinary college. I um, graduated here from Geneva High School, and then I went to college at Enterprise State Junior College, ESJC it was back then, for two years to get my associate's degree in sciences. And then I transferred from ESJC to Auburn University, and I finished there two more years to get my bachelor's degree. And then you have to apply to veterinary school and get accepted. So I put in my application while I was working on my bachelor's, and I got accepted into Auburn Veterinary School, and then Auburn Vet College is another four years, and so I ended up going to college for a total of eight years. Okay, eight years. How has the uh, University of Auburn changed since the time that you were studying up there? It has changed a lot, and actually, so I graduated veterinary school in 2005. When I graduated, they were still working on building the new veterinary college that is there now. Yes, ma'am. They had just completed the new large animal portion, um, some of the equine, the horse, you know, portions and some of the the cattle portions. Okay. Um, So we got to use that a little bit as I was a senior, but I had not used the new small animal part of the the science um, buildings and the the small animal clinic where you actually do your clinical rotations. We did not get to use those um, because they were not built yet. But now it's it's brand new, state of the art. They've really kept up with a lot of the technology. Um, They are one of the top in the country, if not the top in the country, I say, because I graduated there. They are the top in the yes, country. Yes, 
it seems like every time I go there for a workshop, it's just growing up there. It has. You know, it doesn't even look like the same school anymore. There's, you know, so many new buildings there now. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Walters, how long have you been a vet here in Geneva? So I opened my practice here in Geneva in 2015. I had already been practicing for many years, though. I've, so I've been here in Geneva for seven years, but I graduated in 2005. And I started working in Dothan. I worked in Dothan for three years. Okay. And then I started working for a doctor in Op for another six years. And then in between um, hmm. opening my practice in Geneva and working in Op, I kind of was working relief, which means I just right. kind of worked a couple days a week for a doctor in Enterprise. Okay. And I also worked at the Spay Neuter Clinic in Dothan during that year um, while I was yes, working on my building here in Geneva. Okay. I didn't know that. Dr. Walters, do you only treat certain type of animals, meaning large or small? So, yeah, my main focus is on what we call small animals, you know, cats and dogs, and dogs by far are the most common species that I see. Yes, ma'am. We see a lot of cats also. They're our second most common species. Um, for the large animal, the services that I provide in horses, we do pull Coggins tests, which means we draw blood and we send it off to a lab to be tested for EIA, equine yes, infectious anemia. Okay. That's something horses have to have if they travel, um, go to shows, they have right. to have a negative Coggins test. So we do that service mostly for people that you know travel, sell horses, or go to rodeos. Okay. Um, we do see some pigs, goats, oh. <laughs> some rabbits, <laughs> guinea pigs, small pets, you know, like ferrets. Yes, um, occasionally we'll see some hamsters, things like that, some reptiles. Um, we don't see a lot of those just because a lot of people don't own them and a lot of people don't bring them to the vet when they do own them. Right. So. so you so. see rats, right? Oh, we have, <laughs> yes, we have. You said hamsters. <laughs> Every now and then hamsters, rats, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Walters, I've, I've had folks ask me about the need for a large animal vet. It's hard to find one anymore, let alone get them to come to your farm to check on large animals. Do you think... Yes. It'll continue to be an issue to find large animal vets. Unfortunately, unless they, you know, really recruit um, people who want to work as large animal veterinarians and put some effort into that, I think it's going to continue to be an issue for years or decades. Oh. Um, it's sadly become a trend where fewer veterinarians want to work on large animals. It's, you know, it's more physical labor. The yes, hours are definitely more difficult because you're working through the nights for emergencies a lot of times. Um, People can get injured. A lot of people, you know, get disabled, work oh, on yeah. large animals or work shorter careers because of it. Um, and it actually, most people don't make as much money, unfortunately, working on large animals versus small animals. That has been a, been a factor really? for a lot of people. Okay. You wouldn't think so. Yes, ma'am. You know, I, you get to see far many more patients during the day if you're not leaving the clinic. If you're having right. to drive to someone's farm an hour away. Yes, ma'am. You may only see, you know, a few calls a day, whereas you may have 20 to 30 animals come into a small animal clinic a day. Right. Okay. Well, folks, it's time for us to take a break. Uh, for a word from our sponsors, hold on tight, my friends. We'll be right back shortly. Friends, if you're looking for some good folks to help with your taxes, then you need to see the tax professionals. That's right. The tax professionals right here in Geneva, Alabama. Miss Angie and the folks are awesome. Tell them the Geneva FFA sent you. Folks, for all your pharmacy needs, you need to swing by and visit Gilstrap Drugs. Gilstrap Drugs has been a staple for many years in this community. Michael and Melinda Booth are good people. They will take care of all your pharmacy needs. 
Another one of our great sponsors is Friend Bank. Friend Bank is proud to support farmers who are looking for startup capital, equipment loans, or maybe just planning ahead, like our future farmers of America at Geneva High School. Friend Bank, banking true to you, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Folks, if you're looking for a good insurance company that can take care of all your insurance needs, such as life, health, and auto insurance, you need to contact Burt Lawson at Alpha Insurance right down the road here in Geneva, Alabama. You know I like good people, and Burt Lawson is a very good guy. Plus, Alpha Insurance is a big supporter of the FFA. All right, my friends, we're back with our local veterinarian, Dr. Walters. Dr. Walters, I have some students who are interested in becoming a vet. I recently heard on one of our local news stations about how a nationwide shortage of veterinarians is now being felt in Bay County, which isn't far from us. Also, a recent study by Mars Veterinary Health shows that 75 million pets in the U.S. will go without health care because of a need for nearly 41,000 additional veterinarians by 2030. These statistics surprise me, but seeing how your clinic is always so busy, I guess it really shouldn't. What advice would you give my students today if they wanted to pursue a career in vet medicine? Yes, I'm glad you're discussing this because it is a big issue right now in the career of veterinary medicine. There's a huge shortage of veterinarians even now. Um, almost every clinic, including mine, I've been looking for a veterinarian to work with me for a few years now consistently, and I do have a relief vet has been wonderful. She works on Wednesdays, usually one day a week with me. However, right now she is on maternity leave, and so yes, she will be gone for another eight weeks. But um, I really could use another part-time, two or three day a week, to even full-time veterinarian work with me um, to cover the additional cases we've been seeing every year. Um, but to give your students some advice, if they want to you know, pursue a career in veterinary medicine, I would say go for it because... It's wide open right now. You can find a job in any state, in any town almost in the, the country. And a lot of veterinarians are basically, they're getting whatever their asking price is. Wow. Because it's such a demand right now in all the clinics. And so yes, I would say definitely keep going. If that's your dream, your goal to become a veterinarian, definitely keep pursuing it. Um, okay. And because there is a shortage, you know, you could take time to specialize. There are a lot of specialties that are having shortages right now. Orthopedic surgery, ophthalmology, yes, um, emergency medicine. We actually lost our emergency clinic here um, in this area in Dothan um, because they've been searching for a veterinarian for over two years now and haven't been able to fill the spot. Wow. And so it is an issue, and I'm glad you brought it up because it is definitely something that's affecting all veterinarians. And hmm. like those studies showed, it, it will affect pet care in the future if we can't fill those spots. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. Dr. Walters, I also have students who are interested in becoming vet techs, and I know there's a vet tech program at nearby LBW College. What exactly does a vet tech do, and would you recommend this field to my students? Yes, that is another great field um, that has a lot of shortages, and so in the program at LBW, I don't want to speak too much about it. I did try to contact LBW to get some more information on it. I do know, I think they consider their program a veterinary assistant program which is slightly different than a veterinary tech program where they would get yes, credentials um, and be certified. And so, but um, anyone applying for a job at a veterinary clinic would be chosen over just someone 
you know, just applying it to the general public if they had a veterinary assistant degree or a veterinary technician degree. Yes, ma'am. And um, veterinary technicians are tremendous help to me in my clinic, and I couldn't do what I do every day without people, you know, assisting me like they do and being able to do a lot of skills that they do. That's great. Dr. Walters, I have a question about heartworms, which it seems to be a very common problem. I've heard some folks say that animals get heartworms from ingesting dirt or sand, and sometimes you know, the animal doesn't survive. How do the animals contract heartworms, and what's the best way to prevent them? Yes, yeah, so heartworms are a big problem in this area and all over the country, but really populated areas in the southeast, um, anywhere where it's warm and there are a lot of mosquitoes, you're going to have a lot of heartworms. So mosquitoes are an intermediate host for heartworms, meaning that a mosquito has to transmit heartworms from an infected dog to an uninfected dog to infect it. Okay. And so basically a mosquito takes a blood meal from a dog with heartworms or another animal, coyotes, wolves, um, even foxes, things like that can carry heartworms. And so they can pick up a blood meal from an infected animal and then the heartworm will undergo a transformation inside the mosquito and then mm. be injected the next time it takes a meal into another animal to transmit the heartworm disease. And so mm. starting as young as eight weeks old, you wanna start dogs on heartworm prevention. And we've come a long way in the field of heartworm prevention um, from where we were when I first graduated vet school, you know, 17 years ago. And so now we have a lot more options out there. We have everything from monthly preventatives that you give by mouth, oral products that do just heartworm prevention. Then we have oral products that do okay. heartworm prevention and intestinal parasite deworming. And we yes, have products that do heartworm prevention, intestinal parasites, and flea and tick prevention every month. Um, and those are usually monthly products that are, you know, given by mouth. Yes, ma'am. Um, we also have a monthly product that is applied as a topical, a liquid, that you put on the back of an animal that does flea prevention, heartworm prevention, and intestinal parasite control. And then we also have, um, for puppies six months and older, we have a six-month-long lasting injection to prevent okay. heartworms. And then for dogs one year and older, we have a one-year-long um, heartworm prevention injection. And so there are so many options out there. We try to cover and carry a variety at our clinic, um, you know, something for every pet. Some pets that are really picky won't eat anything. People love the right. topical. And some people that don't want to think about, you know, monthly products and just want to come in once a year for an injection, we have that also. That's great. Yes, there's so many products now. Awesome. That's good. Dr. Walters, I also hear a lot about Parvo. What is Parvo? And how do animals contract it? Yes, parvo is another thing that is really prevalent in this area um, around the country. But so parvo is a virus and it is usually going to cause symptoms of vomiting, diarrhea, and not wanting to eat. No, you know, just a tremendous lack of appetite in animals. And so it's a virus that requires, you know, vaccinations to prevent it. Yes, ma'am. And usually we start the vaccinations at the age of six weeks old because that is the age where the maternal, the mother's antibodies from the colostrum, the milk that the puppy's got, um, it starts to wear off at six weeks old, and that's when the puppies first become susceptible to parvo. Okay. So we start our vaccinations then yes, to help cover the puppies. And then usually we give boosters, meaning we just give another vaccination every three weeks until those puppies receive a total of four vaccinations. Four um, vaccinations. And it's not necessarily the total that's important. It's mostly when we stop the vaccinations um, yes, around four months old because at that age at four months old is when the dog can provide or 
can produce an immune response that is a little bit stronger and longer yes, lasting ma'am. than a young puppy. Okay. So that's why we have to booster it every three weeks until that age. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, Parvo, it, it kills a lot of dogs, even with the treatments that we have available because it's a virus. There's not a specific cure. Basically, what we have to do is supportive care okay. um, because of the vomiting, diarrhea. You know, it's not pleasant to talk about, but yes, ma'am. it causes, you know, severe dehydration. Um, it causes shock and it can cause sepsis because the virus is actually attacking the lining of the intestines and it's eating it away. Um, and the animals become really sick from the bacteria and the intestines getting into the bloodstream. Um, yes, it can also affect the heart and cause myocarditis and it mm-hmm. can um, suppress the immune system and get into the bone marrow. And so a lot of animals, even if they take them straight to the veterinarian, they can still pass away from parvovirus. It's such a terrible mm-hmm. virus. And it's, you know, it's sad because some people will buy a puppy with good intentions. They get it from a breeder who has told them, hey, you know, this puppy is up to date on its vaccinations, but really, you know, the, the new owner understood that as, hey, it's had all the shots it needs, but really the, the breeder is just saying, hey, it's up to date, meaning I just gave it a vaccination. It doesn't need any until, you know, three weeks from now, but yes, ma'am. maybe the breeder didn't understand or the, when they sold mm. the puppy, they didn't explain it well, but make sure that, you know, if you get a puppy, you take it straight to the veterinarian so they can kind of educate you on when you need to come in and how often and, yes, ma'am. you know, make sure it stays up to date. Okay. Well, you know, my sister raised golden retrievers for years. Yes. Whenever uh, her puppies, just you know, a few weeks old, she was hauling them to the wagon to get them there That's to get that right. care with you. She started them off really well. You know, young puppies, even before we vaccinated them at six weeks old, we like to see them dewormed as young as two weeks old. So we start them on a deworming program at two weeks two old. Two weeks old. Yes, okay. because the mother can transmit a lot of intestinal parasites to puppies through the placenta, yes, ma'am. Um, the bloodstream, and even through her milk. So as soon as those puppies start nursing, if the mother has parasites, you need to start deworming them at two weeks old. And if you don't, we're seeing puppies as young as six and eight weeks old that need blood transfusions from some of these parasites. But, mm. you know, puppies should be dewormed starting at two weeks, four weeks, and then, you know, we see them at six weeks and we'll do it again, you know, with a stool check to see what kind of parasites they have and what right. specific deworming protocol they might need. That's great. And yes, her puppies, she always took very good care of those. They were beautiful golden retrievers. <laughs> She'd puppies. always tell me she was loving them up there in the wagon and yes, taking them they to you. Yes, they were always so cute. She had a wagon. She would haul them in. Uh, uh, well, Dr. Walters, my last question for you today is, who won the national championship in college football last year? <laughs> oh, I should have been more prepared for that. But Auburn was not the winner. War uh, Eagle. Uh, yes, <laughs> War Eagle. I'm sorry, Dr. Walters. <laughs> I had to. I had to mention that. I, but, uh, folks, that's that's going to wrap us up today. Dr. Walters, thank you again for being us with that. I, I know your time is thank so precious. Thank you for precious. inviting me. Yes, I love what you do here. You know, for the students and, and this podcast is amazing. I, I've learned some things listening to your podcast. On the the goat milk soap was very interesting, yes, and even the chicken houses. You know, <laughs> I learned a lot of things that I had no idea. You know, so advanced now yes ma'am very interesting i've got to say i think we've all learned something here today listening to you because i I know i have uh and i I can't thank you enough for being with us today well thank you and uh i want to say a big thanks to my producer mr jack simmons my student uh i hope you all all enjoyed our episode today be sure to catch us again on the next episode of once blue always blue geneva ffa podcast we explore into the world of agriculture I am Michael Van. Thanks to all the FFA friends out there. 
Remember, my friends, today is going to be a good day.